0: earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Our congregation. And now let us continue our service of worship with our prayer of compassion. Sin shuts us down and stops us short of hearing God's word. Let us open ourselves to hearing God's truth and free ourselves to follow God's path. Let us join together. Oh God,
1: let live, we live
0: from sin to the glory of God. Believe in the promise of the gospel.
1: In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven.
0: Our first scripture reading this morning comes to us from the book of Genesis, in the 15th chapter. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, this man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. God brought Abram outside and said, look toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to count them. Then he said, so shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. reading, it comes in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that were not visible. whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received the power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven, and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth, for people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return, but as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them.
2: serve them. If he comes in the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming, not at an expected hour. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord, may the words of my mouth
1: and the meditation
2: of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. The Lord our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I'd like to begin our conversation this morning with a few words about the here. Beginning at Advent and continuing through ordinary time. It's meant to provide a pathway to understanding the whole of Scripture, both for the pastor and for the congregation, to give us entrance into the whole council of God. In the Presbyterian Church, we use the revised common lectionary, created in 1994 in cooperation between on Common Texts and the International English Language Liturgical Consultation. It is widely used today by both Protestant and Catholic churches in America, also in Great Britain and Australia and in other parts of the world. Which means that the same texts we hear today and consider together are being heard and considered by Christians all across the globe. The readings in the revised common lectionary include one from the Old Testament, one from the Psalter, which today was used as our opening sentences, one from the Epistles, and one from the Gospels. They run in a three-year cycle, so that there are about 625 texts of Scripture which are read and preached on every three years. The texts have been chosen by scholars to align with the movement of the church here and to focus on one of the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, or Luke, in each cycle, and with the Gospel of John interspersed as appropriate in Christmas Tide, Easter time, and during Lent. We are currently in cycle A of the lectionary and our gospel reading for section A always comes from the gospel of Luke. The discipline of using the lectionary helps creatures and worship leaders avoid choosing our favorite texts and our favorite themes so that we only preach to you on those texts and instead inviting us together to consider the whole of the biblical story. Some scholars divide the lectionary into two large seasons, the season of Christ, which is from Advent through Eastertide, and the season of the Church, which begins on Pentecost and continues through the season of Pentecost through the ordinary time until the next Advent. The season of Christ that really addresses the question Who is Jesus Christ? And the season of the church addresses the question, how does Jesus Christ determine who we are and how we live? Basically, the seasons of the church are about the Christian life, about our own spiritual Today we are still in the season of Pentecost, and so we are in the season of the Church, asking the question of how Jesus calls us to a life of discipleship. How do we follow Him? This is a journey question, focusing on our journey of faith. And I I love wearing the stole I'm wearing today. because was made for me by a friend in Santa. Soul because it includes a pathway through the natural world. It is fitting that the gospel text today from Luke 12 is in the midst of Jesus' own journey to Jerusalem. On this journey, Jesus teaches his disciples and the crowds who gather, he instructs them about their lives after his own. walking the dusty roads of Galilee, stopping by the roadside to teach people to visit small towns, to share meals with his disciples and with those in the crowd, telling them stories and parables about the kingdom of God, preaching, answering their questions. So I invite you to imagine him. to align our Christmas, the shepherd tending, feeding, leading, carrying, protecting his sheep. And as in so many places in Scripture, Jesus urges us not to be afraid, not to be anxious. All that we are taught about God in worship, in prayer, in preaching, in discipleship, in the call to do justice, is rooted in God's care for us, and God's generosity toward us, in God's taking pleasure in us, in the reality of a world in which we do not need to be afraid. The lectionary cares this promise with the Old Testament text that may be read from Genesis 15. Here, Abraham too is told by God, do not be afraid. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. And then God invites Abraham to go outside his tent and stand under the night sky. Look up at the canopy of a million stars a sign of God's promise and faithfulness to him and to his descendants. God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom and his delight in giving us that gift is an anchor for the other teachings in our text this morning. If we believe this promise, then we will be prepared to hear And to follow the next teaching sell your possessions and give alms. Make curses for yourselves that do not wear out and unfail the treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. But where your treasure is, there will your heart also be. and you probably will hear the Sermon on the Mount's language. But the emphasis on selling our possessions and using the proceeds to give alms to the poor is uniquely Lutheran. Luke says a lot about wealth and possessions in his gospel, and most of it points to generosity and finding one's security in God rather than in material possessions. Jesus tells his disciples that we can resist the temptation of wealth and not fall prey to constant anxiety about what we own and what we have. Rather, we can freely and gladly share with others. It seems like a counterintuitive message, right? Maybe been crazy. In today's world, when we think about the high gas prices, inflation, rising interest rates, sparse grocery store shelves, fluctuating values in IRAs and 401ks as the stock market rises and plunges. Recession, perhaps, on the horizon. So sell our possessions give proceeds away to the poor, not be anxious. Yet, perhaps relinquishing possessions and giving alms results in a more deep-seated security, an escape from our perpetual economic anxiety. Jesus seems to say so. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In Jesus' culture, the heart was understood as the seat of the will. So he's saying, where your treasure is, there your will will be also. There also will be your priority. Jesus teaches that we can train our hearts, our wills, through the ways we use money and possessions. Spend it on securing yourself. You will have one kind of treasure. Spend it for others. Your heart will go to another place. To treasure that is in heaven or in the presence of God. Examples are numerous. My own yoga teacher, Kimberly, made a decision to contribute a major portion of all the fees that we her students pay her for this year to the World Central Pigeon. Our mission committee here at church challenges all of us to be generous to our mission partners and not just to write checks, but to volunteer our time with the people that our mission projects serve. This is not a condescending charity, but an expression of true solidarity with and understanding of one another. Another example might be decluttering our homes and our offices, selling or giving away not only what is old and worn that we don't need anymore, we treasure, even those things we value, be they grandmothers trying teacups, or clothes that we love but selling wear, or beloved books, or some of our plethora of electronic devices, so that our lives will be less crowded with things and have more space for God. This kind of giving is what Jesus means by living generously as we benefit from God's generosity with every breath we take. This kind of giving becomes sacramental as God is present to both giver and receiver. This is what Jesus teaches it is the kingdom of God where inequalities are dismantled, where a world in which some people survive only because some of us act some of the time generously. He's talking about a completely transformed world, a new order where power and advantage are shared, a world marked by generosity. that means all treasure is unavailable in heaven. Luke's text finishes with several verses about waiting and being prepared. The images are images of keeping her lamps lit, awaiting the master's return and a wedding feast. These texts remind us of Advent, the waiting that is part of Advent, the waiting for Christ's coming. But here in Luke, the emphasis is on what we are waiting what we should be ready for, and I think the answer is clear we should be ready for change, we should be ready for reversal and a new world order. Do you hear the echoes of Mary's and song, the Magnificat? God. God scattering the crowd, bringing down the Lifting up the lonely, filling the hungry with good things, and sending the rich empty away. Jesus tells two very small parables to show us this reversal, to show us what the new world will be like in God's realm. The first from the wedding piece, then surprisingly greets his servants by fastening his own belt, inviting them to sit down at his table to eat, and then serving them a meal. It calls to my mind a scene in the recent new Downton Abbey movie, some of you may have seen it, where actors from a film company are filming at Downton, and they walk off the set because they are not able to pay. And so instead, the downstairs servants, Mrs. Patmore and Daisy and Anna and Mr. Carson, dress up in splendid gowns and tuxedos of their upper class masters, and they themselves sit down to dinner in the family's elegant dining room and enjoy a banquet. This is followed by a parable about the Son of Man breaking into a house like a thief in the night. It's that unexpected limit gone God breaking and entering our lives. And to steal what? Perhaps the treasures that we have stored up for ourselves, and to replace them with another kind of treasure. Perhaps even to steal back the creation itself, which we have spoiled, When my sister and I were small girls, my dad would delight us by planning treasure hunts. He would think of clever clues and painstakingly write them out in his not-so-good handwriting on little squares of paper, and then he would fold the paper into even tinier squares and hide them around the house and. They might be in the garden among the tomato plants. They might be behind the front tyre of the car. They may be tucked under our pillows or hidden under the trash bin in the garage. One time I remember he, he even walked the seven blocks to our elementary school and hid a clue in the chain of one of the playground swings. He would hide a treasure where the final clue left. Perhaps a candy or in a baseball or a longed-for book. Then he would hand us the first and off we would go on our adventure. My nephew inherited this love of treasure from his grandfather, and every Christmas he'd create an elaborate hunt for his sister, at the end of which she would find her Christmas present. I even created a treasure hunt for Jeremy the year he was living with me, putting clues in the bookcase, the shower, his dressing room, his socks, between two papers on our patio, and even under our pants litter box. <laughs> After journeying through the house, following clues, he found his treasure in the freezer, a pint of his favorite, Ben and Jerry's cherry barstayette. Clues. Clues he has placed in the world for us. Clues pointing us to the treasure yes. that is God's realm and God's presence. A world of justice and compassion where things are not as they seem. An old Celtic myth that some of you may be familiar with speaks of St. Barn. One of the monks who accompanied Saint Columba on his journey from Ireland to Iona, as the story goes, the monks buried Oren alive in the footers of the abbey that they were building because its walls would not stand. Sir regretting their decision, they dug him up, and what when asked what he had seen in the other world he reportedly replied, the way you think it is may not be the way it is at all. Jesus plants clues like these. God loves us immediately like his own precious blood and we bring him clues like these. We must sell what we have and give all to others. Lose like these. We must be ready for the unexpected. honor right in for there your heart will be, and there your God
0: God's creation. You're invited to bring your offering forward, but if you are seated somewhere where that is not as
1: easy to do, you can also do
0: it after the service if you. and heat and drought, and all that we see taking place around our world. We bring big worries about the way people in our world are treated as less than human, exploited, tortured, helpless, and abused, worries for those impacted by the violence of war, worries about those impacted by gun violence on our own streets and elsewhere. Ever-present God, we know that you are concerned with every aspect of our lives. So we also bring the little things that concern us, the things that keep us awake at night, the fears that only you know. Living God, reach out to all those for whom the future brings fears and uncertainties. Assure them that you are with them, even when the future seems uncertain and circumstances feel like they are spiraling out of control. Remind them that you are able to transform even the bleakest of situations, bringing healing and wholeness. Lord, we make our prayers in faith. We know that your spirit is at work in the world, making all things new. We make our prayers giving thanks for all that you have done and will do, for the simple fact that you care. We make them giving thanks for the clues you give us that lead us to the treasure you offer us, a treasure that only you can give. Ask that you hear these prayers along with the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, "Our Father."
2: that he has for us all. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.